you're going to kill me. No. What? His name is Jacob Alordi, not Jason Alordi. Courtney, we called him Jason the whole episode. <laughs> he doesn't even look like a Jason. I should have known better. I'm just saying, if he wants to personally correct me, who am I to say no? Who am I to say no? I will apologize for this one. None of the others. I'll apologize for this one, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're going to be recapping the 2023 thriller comedy Mm, it's not eh. really a comedy. Yo, God, what is this thing? This movie is weird, my dude. The 2023 <laughs> something Saltburn starring Barry Keegan, Jason Alordi, and Rosamund Pike. We love Rosamund Pike. She is not human, I don't think. Honestly, if Rosamund Pike was just like a scientist first shot at like AI people, mm-hmm. I would be like that checks out. We would believe that for sure. First of all, I just want to set up the fact that this movie is a little too sophisticated for this podcast. Let's start there. All right, Courtney. I don't know what you're trying to do to us this year. So I didn't know this movie existed until... It is brand new. It is brand new, but it wouldn't have crossed my path. But my husband was like, hey, have you heard about this movie called Saltburn? And then it kept popping up on TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I am responsible for my algorithm. You did this to yourself. (laughs) I did this to myself. And in turn, I did this to us. Mm -hmm. So then I I watched the trailer for it. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I I feel like it is my responsibility to remind everyone that we are thoroughly unsophisticated and unserious. And here we have a movie that I was tempted and I did Google it, but I was like, wait a minute, the main character's name is Oliver Twist. Isn't that a fucking Dickens novel? Oliver Quick. His name is Oliver Quick. This whole time. They call him Oliver Twist. Oh, they call him Oliver Twist, but his name is Oliver Quick. Yeah, because he's a poor scholarship boy. And so they're like in this rich private school. So yeah, they call him Oliver Twist as to remind him that he's poor. I was just like, why is this a, a remake of Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens? Listen, if this was a remake of Oliver Twist and Dickens, we need to get we need to get on board with that. <laughs> the main character, his name is Oliver Quick, and Oliver Quick is a scholarship student in Oxford, which is a very prestigious university in mm-hmm. England. Yeah, Oxford. We all know Oxford. We know we've all been there, done that. Just just think Harry Potter, no magic. That's Oxford. <laughs> Harry Potter, no magic. Yes. That's how I felt when I went to London. I was like, this is Harry Potter, but there's no magic. So Oliver Quick is a scholarship student and being a scholarship student, he is poor. Like it doesn't matter if he's upper middle class or lower middle class or literally was sleeping under the bridge last week. Just the fact that Mm -hmm. he's a scholarship student makes him poor. It seems like he might be the only one who's openly a scholarship student. (laughs) I'm sure there's more than one. He's not the only one. Well, he seems to stand out like a sore thumb. And yeah, part of it is the fact that Courtney, does this man, the actor who plays this kid who's supposed to be a college freshman, right? So we're we're talking like 18 years old. This guy looks yes. like he's 45 years old. Yes. He's the only one there that looks like he has a mortgage and three kids. He does. He looks so much older than the other students. And not only does he look so much older, he also has no riz. No what? 
Riz? It's like the new word for charm. Oh, okay. No, I know what you were thinking. <laughs> that guy has plenty of that. Ugh. But yeah, so he has no Riz, okay? He has no charisma. Honestly, he has the personality sort of of like a wet sock or like a kicked puppy. I would say he gives more wet sock vibes. He does. It's the kind of thing where it's like you don't want to deal with it, but it's like you have to deal with it. You have to do something with it. You have to do something with it or else you're going to step on it. Well, not just that. It's going to get moldy. It's going to stink. Right. It's going to stink eventually. So Oliver, because he looks like a 45-year-old man hanging around 18-year-olds. By the way, all of the other actors look super young. They all look appropriately aged. And he's the one that looks really awkwardly old. Oliver is obsessed with this very popular student named Felix. And Felix is played by Jason Alordi. I'm obsessed too. We, right? Listen, I thought this was going in a different direction because even if you're a man and you're a little bit, you know, enthralled by Jason Alordi, it doesn't make you gay. It just means you have eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Jason Alordi, um, he was in the kissing booth. He is like seven feet tall. He is Australian. Well, in this movie, he has a British accent, like a really good British accent, by the way. Right? Very subtle. He has a jawline that will just peel a pear. It's just perfect. He has an eyebrow ring in this movie. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that. See, I hate eyebrow rings, but I didn't mind it too much. He loves dark movies. He's also in Euphoria. I haven't seen it. He does really good in these kind of like really weird dark roles. And there is a real general sense of darkness throughout this movie. It's lit very dark. We're in this like Hogwarts castle post Dumbledore dying. Like those are the vibes, right? It's very unsettling. And the thing is, we don't know what's going on with Oliver because the story is basically being told from Oliver's point of view. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is being told from Oliver's point of view, but we still don't know what's going on in Oliver's head because we don't know. Does Oliver want to bone Felix or does Oliver want to be Felix? Yes. Yes. That's a really good point. Porcanos Lostos? Porcanos Lostos. Why can't you both want to bone him and want to be him? Because uh, same. (laughs) Right? Uh, I do. (laughs) It's how I feel about Rosamund Pike. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly it. I think Oliver is attracted to Felix's light. But yeah, so we see very quickly that Oliver develops an obsession with Felix, but Oliver is on the outside looking in. He has no way into Felix's Mm -hmm. inner circle because the thing about these kids that are attending this school, they're old money. So these kids have never been in a TJ Maxx and it shows. Okay. Listen, could you imagine them in a Ross dress for less? They would hemorrhage, like their brains would explode from all the deals. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) What these people spend on like one back to school clothes shopping session, Mm -hmm. they could buy an entire TJ Ross franchise twice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, they probably could. And so, yeah, Oliver's on the outside looking in, but we see him hovering and stalking Felix and you could see this this wanting in his eyes. Like he wants so badly to get close to Felix. Oliver gets lucky one day. He is riding his bike to class and Oliver sees Felix off to the side of the road. Felix got a flat tire on his bike and he's like, he's late for class. 
yeah, he's late for class and Oliver is like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. You can you can borrow my bike. And Felix is so taken aback by Oliver's kindness. It's almost like he can't fathom caring about someone else's problems. Right. Felix makes a comment to Oliver about like, okay, like I'll meet you back there with my bike then. And Oliver is like, oh, you want me to take your bike back? <laughs> like walk it back? Oh, yeah. And Felix is just like, yeah, I just kind of figured that's what you were going to do. He did expect Oliver to walk back with his bike. But Uh Felix comes across so thankful to Oliver. It's not malicious. Right. He's not like, all right, poor boy, like fetch my bike and bring it back. He's just like, oh, my gosh, sorry. I just assumed, you know, you would bring my bike back, which is entitled. But then again, he is entitled, right? Like he's a rich boy. Oliver agrees. But Felix is also very touchy feely with his friends. He just grabs Oliver's face and kisses him on the cheek. At this point, it's starting to feel more like Oliver's in love with Felix or he's obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, Felix, you're going to be a headline, my dude, because now you're definitely blurring a lot of lines. So imagine being obsessed with someone, thinking that they're gorgeous, and then them being really gracious and kind to you. And then kissing you. And then kissing you, know you on I the mean? cheek. That's it. It's done. I am yeah. putting you in my basement forever. You're mine now. Right? Two best friends. Two besties. Forever. (laughs) Two besties, except one is chained to a chair. Forever and ever. (laughs) But you know what? After this whole bike situation, Felix is just kind of like, hey, listen, you know what? Oliver is actually kind of chill. He brings Oliver with him to the pub with him and his friends and lets Oliver hang out with them. They're all doing shots. And the way it seems to work is that Everybody buys around. And there's a lot of people here. We're talking like 12, 13 people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. And if you think like, I don't know if alcohol is more or less expensive in the UK, but here in my medium-sized metropolitan city of Cincinnati, if you're going out and if you're buying a shot, and I think they're doing Jaeger bombs, a shot of Jägermeister, which first of all, fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. Get some class, you fucking redcoats. <laughs> they're they're kids, though, you know? Being a child is no excuse to not have some class with that much money, okay? Yeah. Buy yourself some taste. You would walk up there in your TJ Maxx, like, coat, and you would be like, you guys are so classless, holding your martini. <laughs> yeah, martinis are gross. I don't drink those. <laughs> Espresso martinis are delicious. But anyway. You know what? I'll have to have one. I don't know. I've had a martini once, but it had the dry vermouth in it. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Who would drink this willingly? Gross. But here in my medium-sized metropolitan area, a shot of Jaeger is going to cost you about eight bucks a person. Jeez, yeah. And so at this point, Felix's cousin, Farley, who seems to be the only person that really, really openly dislikes Oliver, just because Mm -hmm. Oliver is weird. Everyone else is tolerating Oliver because Felix is tolerating him. But cousin Uh Farley is like, I don't like this kid. And decides to embarrass Oliver by insisting it's Oliver's turn to buy the shots, even though he just got there. So it's like, is it his turn? No, I think he's been there for a minute because he's like, it's your turn to buy the shots. He's already Mm -hmm. done a couple rounds and he's like, you're not trying to bitch out, are you? And Oliver's like, oh, no, absolutely not. You know, I'll um, I'll go do that. Felix is like, man, that's going to cost a fortune, Farley. Like, don't be a dick. Like, he's a scholarship kid. 
first of all, I thought it was kind of Felix to even notice because it's like when you come from that much money, how do you even fathom that someone can't afford a round of shots? Like it right? seems like Felix is very connected to to the to the poor people like us, you know, like he would he gets it. He's not one of us, but he gets it. Yeah, he's not one of us, but he's poor acknowledging. Yes, yes, yes. So poor Oliver is up at the bar. All the shots are poured and on a tray. Oliver is begging the bartender like, hey, listen, like I have $3 and a piece of lint. (laughs) Can I come back and pay you tomorrow? The bartender's like, man, you're not even close. Like if it was just like a couple bucks, I'd say fine. But like, I can't. I really can't. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Felix comes up and he's like, hey, man, you dropped this. Figured you might need it. And and it's a large bill. Oliver takes it and hands it to the bartender. Mm -hmm. And then Felix just takes the tray and is like, thank you, Oliver. And this goes back like nothing happened. Right. So Felix saves Oliver from this embarrassing moment of not being able Mm -hmm. to afford the shots. Let me tell you, when I was in college, my card got declined buying like a $12 quesadilla at lunch. So I can't even imagine being put in a position where I have to like buy a round of shots. And another thing that's really kind of enchanting about Felix is that he doesn't bring it up. Right. He pretends that he found the money on the floor. Like, oh, you dropped this, Oliver. And when they're walking back, Oliver whispers, I'll pay you back. And Felix says, I don't know what you're talking about. Like Felix is literally like, that didn't happen. Yeah. It was very, again, I keep using the word kind, but it just, I think what feels so kind about Felix is that it's just not expected. Like it's just not expected for him to take the weird scholarship kid. Cause it's not even just that he's the scholarship kid. Cause poor people, like poor people can be charming. Okay. You could be poor uh-huh. and attractive and poor and charming. All right. Just ask us. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic. Leonardo, that's a better example than us. <laughs> <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic. Exactly. But it's like, you have to choose a struggle, right? Like you can't be poor and completely bland. Absolutely. And As they start to hang out more, Oliver doesn't divulge anything. Felix is like, tell me about yourself. I want to know. I want to know about your family, your life. Like, what led you to Oxford? Girl, we get get a bonding montage, which is really interesting to see for two guys, two guy friends. Like, do men even Mm -hmm. bond? Like, I didn't know that guys have bonding montages. Women do. You should see our bonding montage. You should never see it. It's very disturbing. No. Don't don't ever don't even put that idea in people's heads. It's all of our deepest, darkest secrets and most intrusive thoughts. It's just me telling Rose about my stomach flu. In grave detail. You know what? I feel like if Oliver were to tell Felix about his stomach flu, Felix would buy him ginger ale and crackers. I know. Felix is such a mood. I love him so much. Felix is such a sweet little cinnamon roll. He is. So we do get this bonding montage, which is basically Felix bringing Oliver fully into the fold. They're partying together all the time. They're hanging out at each other's dorm rooms. Again, Felix has a very weird sense of personal space when he talks Mm -hmm. to people he's like inches from their face which Mm -hmm. it just I don't I don't like it I don't like it honestly I feel like if Oliver were to wake up one morning with Felix spooning him it would just be another day of being friends with Felix yes 
It's interesting because by all appearances, Felix is a heterosexual male. He seems very comfortable just being very vulnerable and open and physically close to his male friend. Maybe more dudes need to just hug their friends. Maybe that's what's wrong with the world is that dudes don't hug each other enough. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, more hugs, more spooning. You know what? Men need to spoon more with each other, not with us, with each other. Yeah. You know what? Worst case scenario, they feel a tiny bit of vulnerability. (laughs) In their backside. (laughs) (laughs) What would happen if you just left your backside vulnerable to your friends? What would happen? You might become a better person. This is the thing, right? Men have to choose. It's either spooning your friends or therapy. I think men will be like, can I just choose a bridge? Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'll just see myself out. (laughs) Men are so afraid of vulnerability. They're like, I'd rather just die. I'll just head on out. Thank you. But during one of Oliver and Felix's little hangout sessions, Felix is like, tell me about yourself, Oliver. Give me something. And Oliver's like, oh, nothing. I'm just the scholarship kid. You know, that's it. And Felix is like, you got to give me more than that. And Oliver tells him, you know, essentially he has no siblings and that his parents are drug addicts. He says his dad is a dealer, a drug dealer, and his mom is an alcoholic. And he tells very graphic stories about his parents and finding them in various states of substance abuse. And Oliver paints a very dark picture of his childhood, which really tracks with his weird personality. Although, to be honest, I feel like if he really had gone through that much trauma, he would be funnier at the very least. Right? You know what? At first, I'm like, okay, you didn't deal with your trauma appropriately because your personality sucks. You don't come out of a bad childhood with no personality. Like that just doesn't happen. Actually, you know what? It's either you come out really funny and interesting or you come out a serial killer. It's like the spooning or therapy thing. It's one or the other. Mm, We'll get there. You know what? I didn't really think about it until a little bit later. They're both laying on the floor in Felix's room. Oliver gets up and starts cleaning everything up. And he's like, this is disgusting. And Felix is like, leave it alone. I'll get it later. Oliver's like, no, you won't. And then Felix gets up and jerks the stuff out of Oliver's hand and is like, yes, I will. And Oliver just backs up and looks down like a little scolded puppy. I'm like, oh, there's the trauma response. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, maybe he just hasn't dealt yet. You know what I mean? Maybe he just hasn't dealt with his trauma yet. Maybe he's still avoiding it. Yeah. Well, it seems like after this particular scene, Felix gets bored with Oliver Felix tells Oliver, you know, I have to study for this test or whatnot. I'll catch up with you later. I'm going to use that next time. You know what, Courtney? I have a paper. No, that that does work really well. But honestly, when you bring it up so suddenly, like you have to Mm -hmm. wait a couple of minutes. Yeah. I don't think Felix was trying to hide the fact that he was annoyed with Oliver. He was obviously annoyed at the way Oliver acted like Felix's messy room was this huge character flaw. And I think Felix was more comfortable with Oliver being the one with the issues. And yeah, but it it really seems like after this scene, Felix starts distancing himself from Oliver and Oliver finds himself on the outside looking in again. Yeah, Oliver is out walking around town and he sees Felix and Farley and everybody else out of the pub and Felix wasn't invited. He is viscerally upset that he is back outside. Lucky for Oliver, a tragedy falls on his lap. Yes. Oliver shows up at Felix's door 
sobbing and Felix being Felix is just like, what's wrong? Come in. Oliver says, my mom just called. My dad was like high or something and fell and smacked his head on the pavement and died. Felix is reinterested in Oliver. And Felix uh-huh. is, is a very interesting character to me because I have to wonder what purpose does Oliver serve for Felix? Because it seems like Felix really enjoys having this friend that's like below him and has issues. And Felix seems to almost feed off of Oliver's sad stories. And But he does it in a very kind way, but you just like... How, like, what is he getting out of this? It seems like he's getting something. I don't know. Maybe Felix is just one of those, like, overly generous to the point of being uncomfortable people. And there was that one dude at the beginning of the movie that says, I used to be Felix's friend too. Mm -hmm. He'll get bored of you also. We hear that a couple times throughout the movie where people hint that Felix loves taking an underdog and putting him under his wing until he gets tired of him or bored. Maybe Felix's fatal flaw or maybe his flaw is that he just likes collecting little broken dolls. Yeah. Even his sister says it. Felix's sister says it at one point. Mm-hmm. Is that you're just a little toy to him. But you know what? Oliver likes being Felix's toy because... I love being Felix's toy too. <laughs> Felix is the, the only person that Oliver goes to. Granted, Oliver doesn't have any other friends. Also, right. red flag, dude. You've been at this university for several months now and you haven't made a single other friend. Right. And you know what? Farley brings that up. Felix's cousin Farley brings up that (laughs) Oliver has zero friends. Yeah. He only has Felix. So Oliver's dad dies tragically. Felix tells Oliver, okay, so, you know, we can get you out of exams. You shouldn't have to take exams. You should be able to go home. And Oliver says, no, Felix. I can't leave here. This is all I have. Like, I have to finish school. I have to take exams. I'm not leaving. Can you believe he doesn't want to play the dead dad card? Like, I don't even talk to my dad. And if he died, like, you best believe I'm playing the dead dad card. Right. I say right. I didn't play the dead dad card. (laughs) You didn't. You literally were like, your dad died. And you're like, okay, so we're recording on Monday. I was like, Courtney, take a week off. You're like, nope, I got to keep, I got to keep moving. (laughs) I was like, well, when when my dad dies. Yeah. She's like, when my dad dies, you better believe we're not recording that week. (laughs) Anyways, so Felix does this really cute thing for Oliver. He takes them to this bridge at Oxford. He gives Oliver a rock and Felix says, you write your dad's name on this rock and you throw it in the river. My great-grandfather started this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tradition to mourn the dead, which I I love little traditions like this. I think they really help with closure. But did you notice Oliver, what he wrote on the rock, he just wrote dad? <laughs> like, that's so generic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he wrote dad on the rock, all right? And then Oliver takes a few deep breaths, and then he tosses the rock over, but it doesn't go into the water. It actually kind of sways back, and it hits the concrete divider between the bridges. Yeah, it lands among trash, and Oliver was like, well, (laughs) that's not a good sign. (laughs) Now there's just a random rock that says dad there, so that's no closure. And then after exams and stuff, Felix finds out that Oliver doesn't have anywhere to go for the summer. Like, I guess he could go home, but Oliver very much does not want to go home. Felix is like, hey man, come back to Saltburn with me. 
is Saltburn the estate or the area? The estate. Okay. And Saltburn, yeah. So come back to my family's estate, Saltburn with me. My parents won't mind, you know, mom invites friends to stay for months at a time. It'll be a great summer. You know, you can hang out. We can have a great time before we go back to school in the fall. Yeah. And Oliver does. Oliver shows up at Saltburn. I was expecting a mansion. It is not a mansion. It is a castle. It was one of the castles of Henry VIII. Yeah. When Oliver gets dropped off at the front gate in a fucking taxi... He opens the front gate and has to walk across this huge lawn to get to the front door. No sooner does he knock on the door, the butler is there. And he, the butler is just the weirdest, most stoic dude ever. And he just goes, you're early. You should have called us. We would have had somebody come get you. The gate wasn't open. Do you think it's part of the butler's job description to be extremely pretentious? Because of all the people there, the butler is the one that seems to look down on Oliver the most. Like, I can't believe this disgusting poor person is here among us royalty. I think the butler is just like, listen, I can suck up waiting on these rich fucks. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I can't. I cannot sit here and believe that I'm now waiting on this little poor boy. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. I think it might be in the butler's code of conduct that, (laughs) you know, you have to be more pretentious than we are. Yes. Because the rest rest of Felix's family is not pretentious at all. I mean, they, they have their little pretentious moments. They're welcoming, but they're absolutely pretentious. So what ends up happening is Felix invites Oliver in. He gives him a tour of a wing of this giant castle, shows him where his room is going to be. Oliver and Felix each have a room on either side of a bathroom. They're going to share a bathroom. And it's like Uh this luxurious, huge bathroom with a clawfoot tub. It's just, it's beautiful. Felix tells Oliver, like, get settled in and then we'll be in the library when you're ready. In the library. I want a library. The library is more like a little family room. It has like a couch and a TV and... What's interesting about these castles, I toured a castle in England. I can't even remember which one it was. I think it was Queen Elizabeth's like main residence, not the one that's in London, Uh but a different one. And the bedrooms are kind of smallish. Like they're not huge, you know, they're not like huge rooms. Yeah, I think it's because when castles were built, it was because... People weren't meant to spend a whole lot of time in their rooms. Right. Yeah. But even this living room that the family spends time in doesn't seem like this giant room. It seems more almost like a regular sized living room. Yeah. And so Oliver goes to meet everybody in the family room. And as, you know, he's walking there, he sees Felix's sister, Valencia. He sees her. I guess, in her room. And she's just kind of like sitting in a chair, staring through an open door into the hallway. Waiting to catch sight of the poor boy. (laughs) Yeah, she's like waiting for him. She's waiting to have her own Rose and Leo moment. Then as he gets closer to the family room, he hears them talking. Oliver hears the rest of the family talking about him. Like all the very personal stuff. Oliver told Felix. Felix told his mom and then his mom is just telling the rest of the family. Felix's mom is such a gossiper. So she's in there with the dad, with Felix, with a family friend, and then also the cousin that is also back at the school, the kid Farley. He's there too. And Felix's mom is just like, oh my gosh, it is terrible. This poor boy. 
boy, his parents are addicts. And apparently one time he had to help his mother throw up her alcohol. Oh, it's just terrible being poor. And you could just tell that she is fascinated with other people's problems. Like she thinks it's like delicious, you know, like it's so exciting to hear about poor people's problems, which like, honestly it is. We've got great problems. Like we've got juicy gossip. But at least you need to make sure they're out of earshot when you talk about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Like, she knows that he's coming up to the library and she is openly gossiping. Felix's mother, Elizabeth, is just like, oh my God, you dear boy, come here. And she gets up and she's like, you are stunning. You have stunning eyes. She's like, I have like an allergic reaction to ugliness. I'm allergic to ugly people. I am so relieved you're not ugly, which like beg to disagree. It's not that he's ugly, but he is weird looking because he looks like he's 45. Right. Honestly, if that was actually the mother's secret lover. Pretending to be a student and becoming friends with the son just to go there for the summer. That would have been a much more like believable about why he was at Oxford. Yeah. You know what? Cousin Farley is there for the summer. And like we said before, Cousin Farley has a clear disdain for Oliver. He fucking hates him. He's not making it easy for him because any chance Farley gets to take a dig at Oliver, Farley's going to do it. Farley is such a mean girl, though. He's just sitting in the back of the room like, "Mm, you're poor. Mm, You have no friends. What are you doing here? You're still here. He's such a mean girl. And then also, it's very pretentious of Farley to be doing this when apparently the whole situation Mm -hmm. between Farley and the family is that Farley is of the poor side of the family, of the poor side of the rich family, right? So cousin Farley depends on Felix's family to survive. Like he depends Mm -hmm. on their generosity and them giving his family Mm -hmm. money. Yes. So Farley's mother is Felix's dad's sister. But she ran away to America, met Farley's father, and then she went down a bad path. She got into some trouble financially, substantially. She's not doing well. And so she depends on money from Felix's family in order to survive. And Felix's father was like, fine, Farley could come stay here and I'll pay for him to go to school. Mm -hmm. So Felix is American, all right? And listen, I'm not saying that the Brits don't know how to fight. What I am saying is that I Americans fight dirty, man, all right? I've never been in an argument with a British person, but Farley's mean, mean. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe British people are mean too and we just don't realize it because they have such an elegant way of talking. Maybe they're so mean to us, but they're just doing it so properly that like our like basic American brains just cannot comprehend. Yeah. Well, the insults are probably way above us. Yeah. They just go over our heads. So Felix's mom, again, is a huge gossiper and she's entertaining a a family friend who's staying with them. And the second that family friend gets up and walks out of the room, Felix's mom starts giving all the tea to Oliver. Yes. She's like, oh my God, she's going through such a hard time. You know, like substance abuse, you get it. Happens a lot to poor people. It's almost like Felix's mom doesn't hear what's coming out of her mouth. She doesn't. She says so much offensive shit, but she she does it with such just naiveness and genuineness and eagerness. Like all she wants is to understand poor people. 
And all she wants is to be kind, but she's allergic to ugly people and she doesn't understand poor people. So it's like, that's her struggle. You know what I mean? That's her struggle. Naivete is just her struggle in life. It is. Yeah, Felix's dad just seems to just, he's the captain of this ship and he has no idea what's happening behind him. Okay, the whole thing could be on fire. He's just like, onward. Yeah, he's just happy to be here. Yeah. He's just happy to be here. And you know what? Like after this first weird introduction and stuff like that, you know, the summer really gets started. And between Cousin Farley and Felix and Valencia, they tend, they seem like they have like a summer routine on what they do. Okay. They have like traditions that they do in the summertime. Like they go into the field, but clothes are not allowed in the field. They just go and lay in this field naked. Mm -hmm. And then they play tennis while drinking champagne and tuxes. Yeah. They're quirky. You know what? They're trying really hard. It's really giving, like, we're not like other rich people. It's really giving. Right? Yeah. Like, pick me vibes. Yes. They're just bored, dude. They just have a lot of money and a lot of land and a castle with a maze in the backyard. And they just, they don't know what to do with themselves. And that's why every night when they have dinner, it's a black tie event. Yes. They have to feel important every night. Honestly, that's kind of that's kind of cool what if we started making our families dress up for dinner could you imagine but like seriously because most people don't have a reason to wear gowns and stuff but most people do have like nice dresses and stuff just for you know just in case for like a wedding or whatever what if we just started dressing in ball gowns for dinner what if we started doing black tie dinners? My family would not oblige. They would just not eat. <laughs> I know. It's hard to get my kids to wear pants to dinner, just like to not be just naked. So it would be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, I'll just wait till you go to bed and get cereal. I didn't want your soup anyways. <laughs> How dare you? My soup is delicious. Again, there's just a lot of like rich person debauchery going on. And Oliver's out on a walk, Okay. And he overhears some drama going down between Cousin Farley and Felix. Cousin Farley is telling Felix how degrading it is. He has to come and beg for money every time his mom needs it. Oliver witnessing this fight between Cousin Farley Mm -hmm. and Felix, it almost seems to give him the idea that he could sever that relationship if he wanted, which would really be beneficial to him because Cousin Farley does not like Oliver. He could see right through his weird ass. Yeah. A lot of things are kind of going on this summer. Valencia, Valencia, Felix's sister, is throwing herself at Oliver. Mm -hmm. And there is one one time where Oliver... Obliges. (laughs) Obliges. And we're not going to talk about this time. Oh my God, it was such a creepy scene. He eats the rich. (laughs) He eats the rich... All right, he eats the rich. I want to unsee the scene. This scene. I want to unsee the eating of the rich. It was so traumatic. I I feel like us not describing it makes it sound much grosser than it actually is, but it is gross. But probably so. Oliver earned his red wings. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but I know what it means. Ew. Okay. I literally texted Courtney and I was like, Courtney, if this movie goes downhill from here, which it fucking did, I was like, I don't (laughs) want to watch this anymore. And Courtney's like, no, 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 no. There's just like one other weird scene. And then like one more. If you've seen the movie, you'll notice that we intentionally left out some key scenes because we just don't know what to do with them. We'll talk about them at the very end. Yeah. um, But not within the context of this. So... 
you know what? Like the whole summer is just like a fever dream. Yes. You know what? Yes. It's just partying and hanging out and all of this stuff. And Oliver just gets creepier as the movie goes on. Oliver gets creepier, more obsessed. Yeah. His obsession with Felix and the way he's just eating Felix with his eyes all the time. And not just Felix, but the family. Yes. Like simultaneously flirting with Felix's mother, hooking up with Felix's sister, and then also flirting with Felix's cousin. Like, listen... Oliver is busy, okay? He's a busy boy. Listen, the family is like, Oliver, we need to get stuff together for your birthday party. So the family starts planning a birthday party for Oliver. Who has no friends. Which Farley brings up because they're like, invite whoever you want. And Farley's like... What what friends? What friends? So Felix's mother plans this party. I think rich people, mm-hmm. people of this level of wealth, I think they live for parties and balls and all this stuff, right? So his uh-huh. mom just loved this excuse to throw a party. And she invites, she says over a hundred people. Yes. In the meantime, there is like this dinner party thing that is being thrown for Felix's father's friends. They call it the Henrys because they're all named Henry. They throw this dinner party for Felix's father's friends. And at this point, Oliver has stopped fooling around with Felix's sister because Felix was like, hey, I know you fucked around with my sister. Mm-hmm. This is why I quit bringing friends with that other kid because he also fucked around with my sister. Oliver tells Valencia, the sister, hey, we can still fool around, but it needs to be a secret. And she's no thanks. I'm not really wanting to be anybody's secret. The way Felix found out that Oliver hooked up with his sister is because the cousin, Farley, saw it happening because it happened out in the courtyard. Felix finds out from the cousin. And so when Felix confronts Oliver, Oliver blows Mm -hmm. it off like it was all a big misunderstanding. Like, yeah, your sister kissed me and I was trying to be kind to her and I didn't reject her. Oliver manages to convince Felix that cousin Farley is making shit up for drama. Yeah. And because their relationship is already on shaky ground, Felix believes this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Felix is like, what a little shitster. Oliver is like, yeah, he's always a little shit stirrer, but that's why we love him. What would we do without Farley? So during the Henry party, Oliver goes to cousin Farley and says, hey, listen, I know you've been having some troubles with, you know, finances. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. Maybe I could talk to them for you. Like, what the fuck you're going to do? But okay. And Oliver kind of insinuates that, like, maybe Felix told Oliver what was going on. Mm-hmm. We're sowing seeds of doubt here. That night, Farley's in bed sleeping, minding his own goddamn business, okay? When he is awoken, he is disrupted from his slumber by a naked as fuck Oliver straddling him. I don't know if it was like openly known that cousin Farley was gay, but it seems like he is a gay man, maybe closeted. But Oliver picked up on that and kind of seduced him that night and hooked up with him. Yeah. I think it was just like hand stuff, maybe some elbows. Yes. Maybe a little bit of ankle. You know what? After what happened with the sister, I think Oliver's down for anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Oliver definitely seduces Farley. And then the next morning, everyone in the household is awoken to a commotion. Farley is being removed because he tried to auction off something very expensive from the estate with Sotheby's, which is a very prominent auction house. 
Farley is being escorted out and he's screaming like, why would I do this? Why would I do this? And so he's claiming Mm -hmm. that he's innocent and it seems like maybe he's lying. Maybe he was framed. Right? It's awfully convenient. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Farley's out of the picture. We're not reading too much into that right now, are now? Right now. No. It's just the thing that happened. Don't even worry about it. Right? It won't come up again. Now Cousin Farley, who was the only person that didn't like Oliver, now he's out of the picture. And it's just... He's out of the picture. It's just this wondrous turn of events. Wondrous. So a few days pass and it is now Oliver's actual birthday and he's woken up by Felix and Felix is like, come on, birthday boy, get in the car. We're going on a road trip. Mm -hmm. Oliver is so excited. Felix takes him in the car. They're driving through countrysides. Oliver has no idea where they're going, but he starts to recognize their surroundings. And finally, Oliver picks up on the fact that they are headed to his parents' house, to Oliver's Uh house. And that is when panic starts to set in for Oliver. He's like, Felix, what are you doing? Yeah. And Felix is like, okay, don't be mad. But your mom called. Your phone was in the bathroom, so I answered it. She seemed really sober. But she begged for you to come home for your birthday. And I told her I would get you here. All right. And Oliver is flipping out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oliver is just panic. And at this point, you're thinking, of course, he doesn't want Felix to see his trash family, right? Because Oliver mm-hmm. comes from like addict parents. He probably lives in like the slums or whatever. And it would be so embarrassing for him to go from this castle to the slums. Yes. Imagine our surprise when they pull up to this two-story upper middle class brick home. We're talking, you're getting lifeboats on the Titanic upper middle class. They get out of the car and this lovely woman who has probably never had more than two glasses of wine a night in her life answers the door. It's not a nurse looking after his mother. Right. It's his mother. It's Oliver's mother. So you could see the moment that Felix pulls up to Oliver's house, he's confused. He's like, wow, this is your mom's house. Like she must be getting her life together. And when Felix lays eyes on Oliver's mom and he sees this completely fresh-faced woman, he could, I mean, you know, it's a little cliche because honestly, addiction comes in all shapes and sizes and she could be a terrible alcoholic and look like a fresh-faced, you know, mom. It could happen. Could be. It just doesn't fit the vibes that Oliver described. And imagine Felix's further surprise when this fresh-faced, plump woman says, your father's in the garden. Mm-hmm. Your father, daddy, you know, the one that died? Because Oliver's dad is very much alive. And not only is he alive, he's, he seems also to be a very fresh-faced. They're just sweet parents. They're so excited to have their son home. And not only does he have a stable mummy and daddy, he also has sisters, Yeah, Oliver is not an only child. So very quickly, in the course of a short conversation with Oliver's parents, Felix is realizing that Oliver lied about everything about himself. And also he's told his parents all these lies about being the top scholar at Oxford and all these sports he's doing. What sport is that fucker doing? What? (laughs) Look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What sport is he doing? 
There is nothing more exciting though. I mean, okay, I don't know. I feel like everyone has known a pathological liar and what an amazing moment would it be for them to be caught irrefutably, you know what I mean? For you to like meet their villain origin story and find out it's like this middle-class house in the suburbs with really, really cute parents that are like, we're so proud of you. And you're like, oh, you're a liar. You lying liar. Pants on fire. Let's just say that ride home between Felix and Oliver was silent. It was so awkward. And the worst part is that when Felix and Oliver get back to the Saltburn estate, it is a buzz, okay? Because it is time for Oliver's huge birthday bash full of people that don't fucking know him. It's a huge party. And Felix tells Oliver, you know what? We're going to have your party. It's too late to cancel. And then you're going to go home. You're going to leave in the morning. Yeah. And Oliver says, are you going to tell your parents? And Felix is like, are you crazy? I can't tell my parents. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. But Felix is obviously done with Oliver. So they get ready for the party. The party starts and Oliver is just trying to get Felix's attention. He is just following Felix around like a little sibling trying to get their older sibling's attention. Just trying to get his attention to try to explain whatever it is he needs to explain. Felix is too busy partying and there's over 100 people here partying really hard. The parents have no idea that the kids are doing coke in their room and, Mm -hmm. you know, they obviously don't seem to care that the kids are shit-faced drunk. Like, it is an insane party. Yeah, everyone's in these weird costumes with, like, antlers and wings and... Are they... There was, like, someone dressed as a knight and, like, someone else dressed like a tutor. And I'm just curious because this was in the summer, so it wasn't a Halloween party. So it was... I I don't understand the theme. I missed the part where they explained that, which I'm sure they did. I missed the part where they explained the theme also. But also, surprise, Farley's there and Oliver's really taken aback. He's like, what? They invited you? And he's like, yeah, here's what you don't understand. Me and this family, this is my fucking house. Yeah. I will always come back. So whatever you're trying to do, try harder next time. Cousin Farley is staring Oliver right in the eye and he's like, this is a fantasy to you. This is my life. Like, you can't get rid of me. Yeah. Can we talk about the sad cake scene that was so pathetic? Yes. So it comes time for the birthday boy to blow out his candles, okay? All 200 of these fucking strangers to Oliver are like, happy birthday, dear. I forgot his name. What's his name? No one knows what his name is. And it's interesting because because Felix is avoiding Oliver, it's almost as though Oliver is back on the Mm -hmm. outside again. This might look on the outside as everything he wanted to be celebrated by all of these like prominent people. But in reality, he's a nobody. And he's on the outside. No one knows who he is. Felix won't talk to him. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of when it really hits him, like, I'm I don't belong. Like, I really don't belong here. But it also does not deter Oliver. It doesn't. Yeah. Oliver finally corners Felix out in the maze. It's like a hedge maze. Listen, if you've got money like this, if you have castle money and you don't have a maze, give it to me because you're doing it wrong. What are you doing with what are you doing with your life if you have a castle with no hedge maze? And also you need a library with a secret compartment where you pull a book and a door opens Mm -hmm. and you need a ladder, like one of those sliding ladders. 
Beauty and the Beast Ladders. Yeah. What is it called? One of the, like, the Beauty and the Beast Ladders. I thought you had, like, an official term for it. I was like, oh, what's it called? Beauty and the Beast Ladders. (laughs) If you don't have a girl kidnapped in in a tower of your castle, you're doing it wrong. What are you doing? (laughs) No, absolutely not. Oliver finally corners Felix in the center of the hedge maze by this weird fucking statue. What is that statue? You would it think looks like the Mothman statue. It looks like a demon. It has horns. Like you would think yeah. that at the middle of this maze in this estate of this large castle, there would be some like Greek statue of a powerful man of the or a very sensual woman. And no, there's like a goat guy wearing a trench coat. Like it's like a weird ass statue. I mean, that could be goat guy with horns. That could be a Greek statue, to be honest. Okay. It's very nefarious, which fits the vibes. It does feel very nefarious. It's like where they go to have their evil cabal meetings. Yes. Oliver corners Felix, who's getting ready to get laid. Okay. The girl is like, I'm going to go. She leaves. And Felix is like, God damn it, Oliver, what? Oliver is like, I just want to talk to you. And so they get in kind of an argument. Oliver's begging Felix to understand, okay? Mm -hmm. He's trying to explain. Felix is just so firm with him. He's like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Like, you're a fucking liar. I want you out of my house tomorrow. Oliver says to Felix, he says, I was just giving you what you wanted. Everyone plays a role around you. Everyone's trying to be what you want. I was just being what you wanted. And to be honest, Felix was really into the wounded puppy vibe. And Felix was really into having a little poor, sad boy to take care of. In a way, it really was what he wanted. Yeah. He said, I was just putting on a show for Felix like everybody else does. Oliver leaves and goes back to the house. The next morning, everyone's searching for Felix. They can't find him. He wasn't in his room. Yeah. So Oliver wakes up the next morning to like people are screaming for Felix. Felix, Felix, they can't find him. Obviously, you can imagine this is a huge estate. There was just Mm -hmm. a party the night before. There is so much debris and trash all over the place. And I would imagine there's like passed out drunk people everywhere. No one can find Felix. Cousin Farley and Felix's sister are Mm -hmm. in the pond, like kind of dragging the pond to see if Felix like fell in in there and drowned. It's it's getting kind of dark. Like they're worried. Yeah. Felix's mother, she screams and then they all follow her screams to the maze. We don't see Felix's body. No. We at first I'm like, is he just passed out? Did maybe mommy overreact? Especially when Felix's dad is like, okay, come on, let's get you up. Yeah. It's clear that daddy has checked out. Well, the reaction is so interesting and bizarre. The sister starts sobbing hysterically and the cousin is in complete shock. And he's also just, you could tell he's shell shocked. The mother turns around. She can't look at her son. The father is kneeling beside Felix's body trying to get him up. And he says, oh, you're just cold because he's dead. And he's like, we just have to warm you up. Finally, someone says, don't touch him. We have to call the police. And then the mother says, yes, the police, dear. Let's call the police. And then the mother says, it's about time for lunch. And then they just go back to the house. The mom and the dad have lunch prepared like normal. The mom's eating lunch like nothing happened. The dad is eating lunch like nothing happened. The only people that are really acting like somebody just fucking died is the cousin and the sister. 
The cousin is completely shell shocked. He can't eat. Mm-hmm. The sister is pouring a bottle of red wine into a cup until it overflows on the table. Her face is completely swollen and red from crying. And it's uh-huh. just a very bizarre scene where these people, it it I don't know if it's a commentary on like how they don't know how to deal with real life things. Yes. They don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know they how don't. to deal with trauma. They don't, they're like literally are just like, well, what else are we supposed to do? The only other person that seems affected is the butler. Yeah. The butler's pretty shaken. The butler goes over to the dad and is like, sir, uh, the police are here, but they're getting lost in the maze. Can I have the gardener escort them? And mm-hmm. he says, yes, that's fine. And then he comes back a few minutes later and says, the coroner is here and he's going to be passing by the window to get to the maze. Can I shut the curtains? And the dad's getting very angry and frustrated. And he says, that's fine. And he screams and the butler can't get the curtains to shut. And the butler is like losing his cool and the dad's screaming at the butler. And then they finally get the curtains shut, but they don't turn on any lights. It's just dark in the dining room now. And then Farley says, can I be excused? They're all sitting in this dimly lit dining room that's now cast in a red glow because the curtains are red and it's daytime. So the sun is coming through, red curtains. The room is now cast in this red light, which is really eerie. They're all sitting there pretending nothing is wrong. Meanwhile, they can all hear the coroner pushing a wheel like a cart. And we don't know, like the body might be on it at this point, but it's like squealing of the coroner's wheels outside. Yeah. That is so eerie and uncomfortable. And the parents are insisting on just eating until the cousin snaps. The cousin is like, can I be excused? And the dad's like, no, you're going to sit there. You're going to eat it. You're going to eat eat. Yes. And then Farley's like, why are we just sitting here eating this fucking pie? Like Felix isn't fucking dead. And then Oliver says, I think the pie is delicious. And (laughs) and then cousin Farley snaps at Felix. He's like, what are you even still fucking doing here? Yeah. Oliver comes back with, why are you still here, Farley? If I was bumping cocaine on the night my cousin died, I wouldn't still be here. Oliver insinuates that cousin Farley was somehow responsible for Felix's death because at this point, it's assumed that Felix died from partying, that he was like drinking and doing drugs, which he was, and that it was some sort of overdose. And Oliver insinuates that cousin Farley had something to do with it. Like you were doing drugs with your cousin who just died of an overdose. And Felix's dad flips out. Felix's dad looks at cousin Farley and says, is that true? And Farley doesn't deny it. And he goes, get out. He goes, I won't tell the police about this, but that's the only courtesy you're going to get from me. I never want to see or hear from you again. Get out and don't ever come back. And Farley just gets up and leaves. Yeah. But Farley has nowhere to go. And Felix's father was paying for his Oxford tuition. This seems to be the real axe for the cousin. Like this seems to be mm-hmm. the final thread that has been cut where the family's like, we're done with you. This was an extremely cruel thing for Oliver to do because not only is Farley cut off, but now Farley is cut off grieving and alone. Yeah, because you could see that Farley is really shaken up and really upset by Felix's death. Like Farley was very close to Felix. They were like brothers, even though they were very different. Mm -hmm. We get 
a funeral montage. And of course, they do the tradition that Felix taught Oliver, which is they write Felix's name on a stone and they throw it into Uh the river. You know, we get the funeral montage of everyone grieving over the grave and the, the casket being lowered into the grave. And then we have a shot of the grave. Okay. It's fresh dirt and it's pouring rain. And at first it feels like a really tender moment of Oliver just sobbing on top of the grave. Mm -hmm. It seems almost sweet for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then Oliver leans down and he kisses the cross on top of the grave. Then Oliver takes his shirt off and then he's like weeping on top of the grave. It's still kind of sweet. Yeah, it kind of just feels like he's trying to feel close to Felix. And for a moment, again, it's not weird yet, but you you hang on. You hang on. You hang on because it's going to get fucking weird. All right. Oliver strips the rest of his clothes off and then Oliver proceeds to... He proceeds to have intercourse with the dirt. This movie, I'm telling you right now, whoever wrote this script was just like, there's no way they're going to let, there's no way they're going to put this in there. He was just writing wild shit. Yeah. So they were like, bet you won't, bet you won't. Yeah. So Oliver, so desperate to feel close to Felix, who he Mm -hmm. was obviously sexually attracted to. Was he though? Or is he sexually attracted to power? I don't even know, girl, but he dry humps Felix's grave and it's such a freaking uncomfortable scene. Well, it's raining, so it's not really dry humping. Okay. All right. If that's if that's how you want to if you want to add extra textures to the to the <laughs> description. There's a lot of textures there. That's fine. But that is what Oliver is doing. Okay? Out in an open fucking field. Like I'm assuming someone could see him. Could you imagine if his mother came back to the grave to just see Oliver fucking the freshly dug grave of her son. I don't even know how you process that. I don't even know. The whole movie, Oliver was really weird and kind of borderline creepy. But this scene really solidified the fact that Oliver is fucked in the head. Like something is really, really wrong with this guy. I think this scene is creepier than the bathtub. Yes, we have a very, very creepy scene that we just skipped over Mm because I was like, I don't want to talk about this. But essentially, in the least graphic terms, and this is going to sound so disgusting, but I promise you it's the least disgusting way we can describe it. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the movie... Oliver walks in on Felix, who had just finished taking a bath, and Oliver takes a sip of the bath water right before it drains into the... You left out the be- the best part. No, I'm not. I, I did. I did. I did on purpose. I'll I left throw it, it in. No. So, oh, God. Not only was Felix bathing in this water, Felix had loved thyself in this water, Okay. Felix had went to one hand pound town in this water. Okay. Yeah, I guess you know what? Honestly, that's that was the first scene where it was like something is wrong with Oliver. Like and he, he just was, slurped it right up. He slurped up this water as it was draining. <laughs> Bitten coconut milk. Oh my god, Courtney. <laughs> what is wrong with you? That was so disturbing. And it just got, yeah, it just got worse from there. Cause then we got we went from the very disturbing scene with the sister, which I refuse to describe. And then we went to the bathtub slurping scene. And then we we went to like him humping, 
you know, a the grave, the grave. So disturbing. Either the night of the funeral or the night after the funeral, the sister is in the bathtub and Oliver is in there talking to her while she's in the bathtub. It seems like the sister is seeing Oliver more clearly now because yes. she tells Oliver, I was watching you at the funeral and you were sobbing and it made me laugh because I realized you've only known him for six months. Like you don't even know him. What are you doing here? And she starts yes. saying the meanest things to him about how he doesn't belong, how he'll never belong, how he was just Felix's toy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oof, girl, like you don't know this guy was slurping that bathwater the other day. Like you might want to like- right. Be cautious because he's cray cray. The family finds the sister with her wrist slit in the bathtub. To be fair, she was taking Felix's death very, very hard. And so it wasn't unbelievable to the family that she took her own life. However, we already know how sick Oliver is and we are side eyeing him at this point because we don't see him do it. But we're kind of like, what, bro? Two people that dropped dead right after they had a conversation with Oliver, where they basically threatened him because the night that Felix died, Felix was like, you are leaving. Like, I want nothing to do with you. Like, he was casting Oliver out for the last time. And then Mm -hmm. Felix died. And then the sister is like, like, who are you even? What are you doing here? Like, you're never going to belong. And then the sister dies. Not to mention the cousin who was cast out, right? And the cousin never liked Oliver. So Oliver's Oliver's tallying up some some interesting scores here of people that, of his enemies, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And after the sister's funeral, Elizabeth, the mother, she's taken kind of a special attachment to Oliver through all of this. Yeah, the father is not liking the fact that Oliver seems to be getting closer to the mother and the mother's really leaning on him because in her eyes, he's been there for her through her son's death and her daughter's death. Mm -hmm. And there's no one else around. It seems like this woman has no friends and no one else to confide in. So one night, the dad takes Oliver aside and he's like, he's, oh my God, this is crazy, Courtney, because the dad is trying to get rid of Oliver. And I don't understand how you just can't say, get the fuck out of my house. He is kindly trying to say, maybe it's time that you leave so that we can grieve in private. And Oliver's like, Mm -hmm. I think I won't though. I think I'll stay. And then the dad's like, so you won't go. And he pulls out a checkbook and he's like, give me a number. Mm Mm-hmm. And it seems like they come to some sort of agreement because the dad does walk Oliver out later that night. We don't know what number it was. We don't know what number. So Oliver leaves, you know, Saltburn. But I don't know how much time passes between him leaving Saltburn and when he runs into Elizabeth again. It seems like several years later, Oliver is at some sort of little cafe and Mm -hmm. he runs into Felix's mom. And Oliver had just read in the paper that Felix's dad passed away. We don't know Mm -hmm. from what. Um, I would love to hear Oliver's alibi for the night, but that's besides the Mm -hmm. point. Felix's mom, Elizabeth, sees Oliver and she is I think brought back to that time where she felt very attached to him and Mm -hmm. she's so happy to see him. And it seems like they reconnect. They have a a resurgence of a a friendship now as adults. 
Yes. And she invites him back to Saltburn. She's like, you should come back. It's just as you left it. He takes her up on it. And it seems like... Next thing you know... (laughs) Next thing you know, Elizabeth is in poor health. Literally, next thing we know, Elizabeth is on life support in her bedroom. And here is Oliver confessing all of his dirty deeds to her. He is having his villain monologue and he is telling her as she's on her deathbed about all of these terrible accidents that have happened in in her life. And he Mm -hmm. says, you know, for you, they're accidents because you're rich. But for me, their work. Like I worked hard for all of this. Yes. Nothing was fate here. He, Oliver was the mastermind behind all of this. He put a thumbtack in Felix's bike tire to orchestrate this whole little friend meet cute thing. He had money the whole time at the bar. He poisoned Felix. He didn't specifically say that he slit Valencia's wrist, but he says, I had thoroughly destroyed her spirit at that point. It seemed like Oliver set the sister up at her lowest point to take her own life. So all of this was really orchestrated. And now it appears, and we don't know how, right? But it appears that Oliver is behind the mother's poor health. And that is really kind of up to our imagination. And I would assume that he is also behind the father dying, although we don't really get details of that either. Nope, we don't really get details of that either. But at some point between the mother inviting him to come back to live at Saltburn and her being on life support, she had put him in the will, you know, with Farley out of the picture. He's all she has left. And he knows he's in the will because he's a little spy and a little sneak. He's a delightful little sociopath, okay? And so he knows that everything's his, but he probably also knows that if she dies due to suspicious circumstances, Mm -hmm. there's going to be an investigation. So he knows that she has to die naturally. Yeah. So he, she's on life support. And what he does is he goes and he knocks, I don't know why, he goes and he knocks her life support tube, like her compressor, off. But then he takes the whole tube out of her throat. I don't know why he did that. Yeah. It's extra cruel that he has to give his villain monologue to her, like that he has to tell her everything that he did to essentially inherit all of her wealth and salt burn. But that is what happens. The mother dies. He inherits everything. So now he is uber filthy rich. Also, by the way, he tells the mother before she ultimately dies that he orchestrated their meet cute when they bumped into each Uh other at that coffee shop it was not a coincidence he orchestrated that as well yeah this is why you shouldn't be friends with weird people like you think you're you think you're doing something nice but they're they're gonna kill your whole family and take your house you guys are all gonna die after the mother's death We get our final scene of the movie, which is Oliver dancing naked through Saltburn Mm -hmm. doing cocaine. And when I say naked, I mean naked. Yeah. We get to see that thing just flanging. It's helicoptering. Yeah. Do you think it's a it's a prosthetic? Because a lot of actors wear prosthetic penises. I don't know, but whatever it is, it is flaccid and pliable. (laughs) Did you see when he spins, it goes, 
<laughs> yes. Yes. So he is having a grand old time dancing naked through this castle. And at the end, we see that he has collected all the stones that were thrown into a river every time a family member died. So he has Felix's stone, he has the sister stone, the father stone, the mother stone. And this is an extra level of creepy because this is where you realize like, uh-huh. oh, these are your trophies. Like you are so proud of the fact that you murdered these people to get this castle. And this is the prequel to Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Could you imagine if the beast had that thing and he was just spinning and it was like, wee, wee. Oh man, what a weirdo. He was such a weirdo. I think you should trust your instincts. Listen, this is why it's important to background check your potential friends. (laughs) I've never background checked you. Did you background check me? I grew up with you. I I know. (laughs) I know you are who you say you are because I grew up with you. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I'm curious, though. I'm curious if this was Oliver's endgame all along to get rid of everyone and inherit the fortune, or if he was just content with just being part of it. But Felix finding out that he was a liar made him have to get rid of Felix. I think his goal was to be part of it. I think that if Felix wouldn't have found out he was a liar, Oliver's eventual goal would have been to try to get back with Valencia. You think he would have tried to marry Valencia to yeah. be part of the wealth that way? Well, I think that was his initial plan after when he first got there. When, Because you know how Elizabeth was saying how Valencia just needed to settle down. She just needed, you know, a good man a good or man, woman, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, another question. Do you think that when Oliver came back with the mother, do you think they were lovers? I don't know. No, I think she saw. I think she saw him too much as like a child. I don't know. They were flirty, and then also when she saw him again in the coffee shop, she said, "You've grown up. You're a man now." I don't know. I don't know. Listen, if one of my friends' moms was Rosamund Pike, I'd try to hit it. Facts. <laughs> no lies detected. Listen, we have priorities in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was such a weird movie. And I watched it too early in the morning to really absorb its complexity. It feels Mm -hmm. a lot more complex than, like I said, it's just too sophisticated for this podcast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, who are we kidding here? Listen, there is a part of this movie where I started to see Oliver as like something more than just a little weirdo. And I'm like, you delightful little psychopath. And then it got darker and I'm like, oh, you are just a psychopath. You're not a delightful psychopath. You're just a psychopath. You know what I mean? You know what, though? The fact that Oliver was the one telling the story and he was able to omit you know, the times that he, whoops, murdered this person, murdered that person. And yet he left in him slurping up bathwater and eating the rich who was on her period. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why leave in those details? By the way, when he ate the rich, he goes, I'm a vampire. (laughs) Oh my God. No, it was, I swear to you, I am so traumatized from this movie. 
in retrospect, it's not at all that surprising, the twist that he orchestrated everything. Listen, he's such a little weirdo, but boy's smart as shit. And we should be afraid of people who are that crazy and smart. I don't think he needed to be that smart because you could see that the the family- He didn't need to be. Yes, he didn't need to be that smart because Felix's family, they were so naive and they were so gullible. And he was able to manipulate them without even trying. He didn't need to be like, you know, this Mm -hmm. Machiavellian prince. Did I say that right? But he was. Yeah. I never know if I'm pronouncing things correctly. I'm not stupid. I'm just a foreigner. There's still things I can't pronounce and I'm from here. Words are hard. I'm not stupid. I just have a speech impediment. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's the whole thing. And listen, we try to protect you guys as much as possible. Okay. We try to delay the trauma until the end, but you probably want the whole thing. So just go watch the movie and be traumatized with us. Yeah. The screenwriter was like, oh, this is like, this is something someone writes on a forum under a pen name that they never think is going to get published. This is like Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like she never thought this was going to get Yes. Like she never thought this was going to get published. And then like it, you know, it did. It it became a thing. Honestly, some of these scenes were probably dares and they're like, I bet you won't. And then (laughs) they were like, bet bitch. Yeah. It just went too far. Okay, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here before before we mention it. That's where our movie leaves us. <laughs> the teapot is empty for the day. Don't worry, more is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.